0: She's not going to walk in pain. She's not going to live in pain because she's been set free by Jesus and by his stripes. So, Father, we thank you. We all agree with you and your word, Father, right now for total, complete healing and deliverance for Janie in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You received that, Janie? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, tonight we're talking about trusting God in every moment. It's, those words are easy to say. <laughs> and we do trust him. You know, I always tell myself, I always go, okay, when it's all said and done, when, you know, when I can settle the dust up here, Lord, Kim, what do you believe? You know, I have to do that sometime. I don't know about y'all, but my dust can get stirred up up here, you know. Uh, the feet of fear get to trampling through here. And so I have to settle that down and just say, what do I believe? And, you know, do I trust him or not? And we do, don't we, Cindy? We trust him. We do, don't we, Melissa? That's right. We trust him. And that's who we are, and that's what we do. And so we're going to talk about trusting him in every moment. You know, I can remember Dodie Osteen saying, you know, she had metastatic cancer of the liver. No no hope in the natural. No hope. She was a nurse, so she wasn't just... She knew the condition of her body. Joel Osteen's mother. But she was diagnosed with that, and... They sent her home to die. She had a few weeks to live, but I tell you what, they took hold of the word of God because God's word is alive and active and full of power. And what did Jesus do? He spoke. What did, what did that centurion say? Just speak the word. Just speak the word and you'll be healed. Well, she took hold with her husband, John, the word of God. But she would say sometimes she would feel doubt. And she'd say, well, John, I think I'm doubting. And he'd say, well, where are you doubting? Are you doubting in your head or in your heart? Because where do we believe? We believe in our heart. Our head will tell us stuff sometimes. It'll lie to us. And that's the enemy's playground when he tries to get in there. But you know what? Just pull him down, battlefield of the mind. Pull those thoughts down and reestablish who you are, who he is to you, and what he's doing on your behalf. The Bible says that he wants to perform on your behalf. That's pretty awesome. He cares about you every, every, oh, man, I just, every detail, every particle of your life. And so, Dodie would have those things in her head, but in her heart, when John would say that, she'd say, well, I believe in my heart. And you know what? She was healed, totally healed, still alive to this day. You see her on the front row of Lakewood Church cheering Joel on. And so, but. She was healed by the power of the Word of God, believing God's Word over what her body said. She said, in fact, things got worse before they got better. They looked worse. They felt worse in her body. But, you know, you got to... Remember what Paul said, I press on. And so You've got to press on past that. And I'm not saying it's easy because it feels like everything is unleashed against you. When you set your heart to believe God... The enemy doesn't like it. And he is going to try to push you off and withstand you. But the Bible says that you withstand him at his onset. The minute he comes, you withstand him and you tell him, uh-uh. But you got to know who you are in him. you got to know that you're more than a conqueror because that's what he's made us. He's made us more than conquerors. We're victorious in him because he's won the battle. We don't have to. But we stand in that victory. And I realize that's saying it, and when you're in the heat of it. But you know what? If you'll meditate on it, who you are, who he is, before the battle gets there, then when it comes, that's what will rise up in you, because your spirit man's strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And that's what's going to rise up. The voice of the Lord is going to rise up above what circumstances are saying, are doing, are looking like. It's that voice of God that's going to rise up, because you know what you've been meditating on His faithfulness do not mean everything's perfect right now, but you're just meditating on His faithfulness and refusing to meditate on the circumstances. Just meditate. And I tell you what, you're building yourself up. You're building yourself up in the Word of God. You're building your faith. And those of you that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you'll pray in the Spirit, that builds you up. It builds you up on your most holy faith. Praying in your prayer language, that language God gives you. I tell you what, it's a powerful gift. From God, and if you haven't received tonight, you're not. <laughs> it's awesome. I tell you, I think about it. But anyway, I want to pray and then we'll start. Father, we thank you for your word to us tonight. We thank you um, for your power in this house, in this place, in these bodies, in our hearts, Father, your strength, your healing. Father, just Lord, I thank you that you are more than enough. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you dwell mightily in a... Oh, did it fall? Pretty good. Hold on. it go? I blew the whole thing off. I must have been going too hard there, huh? Too much hot air coming out of there, y'all think? But anyway, maybe I didn't get a good hold on this. I'm gonna stick that thing down right there now. Father, we just thank you that your power is in us and through us and for us and that no weapon formed against us. It's not going to prosper against us, Father, because that's our security. That's our triumph over opposition as your servants, Lord. That's our victory. Lord, we talk, God talk to you and to ourselves. We agree with you. We stand on your word. And we just refuse to agree with the enemy. We agree with you, Lord. And if we've been agreeing with the enemy, we just pull that down and we cancel that out. We agree with you. Because your words are truth. And they set us free. And they not only set us free, but they set others free. So give us ears to hear tonight and hearts to receive, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about trusting God in every moment. Some moments are better than others but you know what you need to practice trusting him in every moment every day i was reading the thing should have brought it tonight but i will read it hope i remember i guess we'll read it on the 18th or the whatever that sunday is because reading about saint patrick um and i was reading an article uh from a a letter i get from cv and i don't know if y'all watch the 700 club i love pat robertson and and the 700 Club, but they sent out a letter and just talking about his son Gordon, talking about St. Patrick and how he evangelized Ireland. And then some of those went and evangelized Scotland. But he talked about the prayer of St. Patrick. So anyway, it's a great prayer. But I didn't memorize it, so I'm not going to be able to tell it to you. But anyway, but it's just God with me and in me and around me. And, you know, so that's our mindset. That's our heart set, I should say, because we need to set our hearts. Set our affections, what, on things above. You're going to have to set them because everything is going to try to swat you off like a cat swatting a little mouse or something, you know, that the enemy tries to swat us off of the things of God. But I tell you what, you're just going to have to set. And you know what? It's okay to reset. It's okay to punch the reset button. Don't feel condemned if you've been off. Punch that reset button. Get lined up again. Get back in in agreement with God. Get back. Uh, walking in faith and trusting God and, and declaring who He is. Don't don't let the enemy get you off. Just punch that reset button and say, Here I am because God doesn't condemn you. The enemy will, but God doesn't. I tell you what, focus on him. You know, many people live their lives either looking back to the good old days. Remember the good old days? Stuff cost a nickel. or whatever, you know, that's what they say. Uh, Are they long for someday? Someday will come. Or some live in regret of the past. Or some live fearing the future. And you know, that's human nature. The enemy tries to stir up all that fear or regret and all that stuff. But in the process, we often undervalue the importance of today, of this moment. We're talking about trusting God in every moment because the enemy tries to get us to look back or he tries to let us go ahead. look ahead, but he doesn't want us to be in this moment. How many of y'all have ever, um, I know I have, and that would be looking back to regrets, but in relationships, maybe in particular with your children or with your parents, and you think, I wish I would have taken the time to just sit a little longer listen a little longer that's what i say about my parents they're both in heaven now but i say i wish i would have asked more questions i wish i would have listened better but you know when you're raising your children you run around like crazy you know you just you know and i don't have regrets because we had great times and i'm thankful for the times we had but sometimes even with each other just that we would just stop because I tend to, I find myself doing this. This is terrible, terrible thing to tell about myself. But because my mind tends to try to run ahead, uh, way ahead. It's just, you know, I'll be here in the moment and I'll be doing something. But even I might be talking to somebody and I'll feel my feet just begin to turn because my mind is already trying to lead me on. To something else, to somewhere else, and it's not that I don't care about the part, but my mind—and you know what—we got to take authority over that. I do, because the Lord has talked to me about it and told me and helped me recognize, Kim. Stop and stay right here and focus right here, because I mean I don't know. Y'all may not have that problem. Y'all might be. Alan's real good in the moment. I think me, I like I said, I tend to just kind of run ahead and say, "Come on, Alan!" You know, it's kind of like being in Walmart. You know, I'm down the aisle. You know, 12 miles. Come on, Alan! You know, that's just kind of how I tend to be. And so that's not really being in the moment. You know, so I'm I'm talking to myself here. That we will value the moment that we were in. We are in because they're all precious. They're all precious to us and. And we just have to stop and say, we will smell the roses. We will trust God in this. We will give ourselves to him in this time. And it just takes, I would call, practicing really his presence in the moment. You know, when we're talking to someone, what, what if it, we said, Lord, is there something you would like to say to this person right now? You know, sometimes I'll find myself trying, thinking about it and going to, well, now what could do? But you know, but if just inside we say, Lord, what would you want to do? What do you want to say to them? You know, Just talk about practicing his presence because when we do that, we're trusting him in the moment. A lot of our fulfillment and satisfaction in life comes from the simple ability to live in the moment, to enjoy the moment, to experience the moment. And I can say, I don't know about y'all, but I enjoy them best when they're just, slow moments <laughs> you know just slow i think some of my best moments are just at home just at home quiet does anybody love days where you don't i know i know these are rare few and far between i know for me but where you don't have to be anywhere <laughs> you know it's like the thinking best day like the best day you just don't have to be anywhere I just love that. It's better than going to... I always say I'm going to Tahiti. I've never been there. I don't even know where it is. But it's better than going to Tahiti. (laughs) They got lizards. I'm not going anyway. But, you know, those big kind that jump in the car with you, you know, or something. I ain't going. I'll just... I'll see it from heaven someday or something. Or when Oh, no. When the Lord comes back and what he has made the lion to lay down with the lamb, that's when I'll go to Tahiti and all the lizards and stuff. I won't care. (laughs) Anyway... Y'all know what I mean. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, just just a moment just to quiet ourselves and just to love God, love those around us, just be thankful. Y'all, that's more than money. That's, that's more than anything. It's more than just going somewhere. It's just so beautiful. You know, we live life best when we live it without regretting the past or fearing the future. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't learn from the past or that we shouldn't prepare for the future. I'm certainly not saying that. But living wisely doesn't mean ignoring the present. But sometimes to me, again, the enemy tries to keep us there or there but not here. Life does not consist of what should have happened or what might have happened or what hopefully will happen. Life is what is happening right now. Right now. I had a little thing um, when my children were young, when my second, when my first son, second child was born. And it was a little thing um, that this lady had given me. Well, actually, let me think. Yeah, she had given me, and I, and I glued it into my little baby book. But it just talked about how things are just things. And, you know, sometimes as moms, we get busy cleaning or doing the laundry and all that stuff. But it talked about taking time. Our babies, you know, just taking time, just to hold them for a minute, taking time, and we hold them. It's not we don't, but we're holding them and stirring. Oh, anyway, just trying to get it all done. But you know, just stopping. And I can remember when I read that, and I thought, "That's right, Lord." You know, that's just stuff and it can wait. You know, and I just begin to develop an attitude of enjoying my children. You know, I'm not saying things weren't hectic. You know, we had three, and it was hectic. Five and below, but you know, can enjoy them. It's fun. It's fun. Life is what is happening right now. The past affects and informs the present, doesn't it? What has happened in the past, it affects the present and it informs the present. And the future, it helps us to decide how we're going to live in the present. But the only moment that we can actually live is in this moment. If you think about it. And that sounds great in theory, but in a world that's uncertain, we've talked about it tonight, we've talked about that virus, we've we've talked about those things. And let me just say this, let me say this. Y'all remember Y2K? Some people are storing up food like crazy. We had friends that did that. But I want to say to you, say, as for me and my house, find out what is right for you and your house. Because God leads us individually and as families. Find out what is right for you. Don't do something because somebody else is doing it. The pressure was on. Everybody store up food and I thought, Well, I'll go to their house. You know? <laughs> well, I thought, I don't want all that dumb food here around and everything's okay. But I went to the Lord and I said, and this I encourage you to do this. It's all talk, talking about trusting God in every moment. Go to the Lord. It don't matter what the Joneses are doing or the Wilsons are doing. What does God want you to do? What is right for you? And you need to find that out. In these times, we're, we're hearing this virus thing. You know, you find out what is right for you, what God wants you to do. Because things are unstable. But, you know, in the Y2K thing, you know, I went to the Lord and he gave me He gave me a scripture and he said, don't call, consp-. remember they call it the Y2, because the conspiracy and the things that were going to happen, all this was going to crash. And he said, in that scripture, it said, don't call conspiracy what others call conspiracy. And I thought, okay, okay. And we didn't store up, and we didn't do it. And you know what? Come, what was the year? Was it 2000? Was that the year it was going to be? Computers still turned on and all that, everything was Okay. And all I'm saying, not to, you know, because you give all these voices. Anybody got a lot of voices hollering at you? Your own, everybody else's, the news, the whatever. You've got to hear what God's saying. And you need to, he'll talk to you. You want to know? He'll tell you. He'll tell you quiet and all that mess down. And I don't care what anybody else says. You do what God shows you to do. If you are still unsure, have somebody pray with you it's a you know there's safety in a multitude of counselors but if in here your inner man where the spirit of god dwells in us in our innermost being that's where you will know it the bible says let peace rule let that peace of God rule in your heart. It says, act as umpire when you're trying to decide some things. Remember how the umpire, he calls it out or in, and we think he's made mistakes? My, my granddaughters are playing in moving. I'm so excited. I guess I'm going to get to see Danielle and my granddaughters duke it out. But anyway, they're going to play softball on Monday. But, you know, let that peace, let that peace rule in your life and, in what, and what you do for you and your family. But I was saying, you know, living in the moment, it's easy. But, you know, when the world's got so much evil and uncertainty and instability, you know, and tragedy, how do we remain stable? And I've already talked to you some about how we remain stable. I want to read the first verse of Psalm 91. It is one of my favorite. I encourage you, in these times when they're talking about viruses and all of those things, and even when they're not, Psalm 91, the whole in any version you would like to read it in is a beautiful psalm to speak over yourself and your family every day but the first one and I like it amplified says he who dwells Psalm 91 verse 1 in the secret place of the most high shall remain stable we're talking about remaining stable as we're trusting God in the moment he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall remain stable and fixed Under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. So the enemy can't stand up against the power of God. And you stand in his shadow. That just means you stand in his protection. Under your shadow, I find refuge. That is our place of stability. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever he's the same in our past he's the same in our present he's the same in our future he doesn't change we on the other hand are works in progress y'all know that whip that's what chris can call women in progress we're works in progress we make mistakes we learn we change we grow we keep trying but not god He doesn't change. He's perfect. He's awesome. He's magnificent. He's wonderful. He's righteous. He always has been and he always will be. But that is our stability in our life is God. God's constancy stabilizes our inconsistent lives. When Y2K was going cray-cray and all that stuff, God stabilized my life. He stabilized it. Through his word, through leaning on him, through asking him, through trusting him in every moment. The fact that he is the same yesterday, right now, and for the rest of time means that we can trust him in the moment that we are in, in every moment. The good old days versus someday mentality was alive and well, even when Jesus walked the earth. And we're going to talk, we're going to look in John chapter 11 and we're going to read about a man named Lazarus. I know this is familiar to y'all. Because he became ill. Y'all know that. And he had two sisters, Martha and Mary, in John chapter 11. And they were some of Jesus' best friends. Jesus would go to their house to eat. Isn't that awesome? She wants Jesus to come to your house to eat. She you wants your house to be a welcome place for him. So Beautiful. And don't you think that's... I think, you know what I think is beautiful about that? Jesus needed a place to go. He needed friends. He needed someone to just chill out with. I just think it's so... Uh, just beautiful. I, I love that. I love that the Bible includes it. So Mary and Martha sinned for Jesus, hoping he will heal their brother because he had become very ill. So... In John chapter 11, I'll read verses 4 through 6 of the um, Passion. Jesus heard, you know, they had sent word. The sisters had sent a message to Jesus. said, Lord, our brother Lazarus, the one you love, is very sick. Please come. And when he heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. Notice he didn't start wringing his hands going, "Huh." oh. I better hurry up. I better get there. Oh, no. And what did he do? He began to declare what God was going to do, didn't he? Notice that. In the midst of that moment, he began to declare, This is not going to end in death for Lazarus, but will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what takes place. Now, even though Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he remained where he was for two more Days. Hmm, I wonder what we would have thought about that. <laughs> we, don't we sometimes feel like he has waited two more days plus? <laughs> we do, don't we? It doesn't seem to make sense. Jesus hears about the illness. He knows God wants to heal Lazarus, so he does nothing. And he just hangs out for a few more days. Man, I'm more like Martha. Sadly, and I would have been finding where is he? I'd have been running to find where Jesus was. <laughs> That's true. That's probably what I would have done. Anyway, and Martha—I mean, Mary didn't come out of the house. They had when he finally got there, they had to go in and get her. The situation goes from bad to worse, and Lazarus ends up dying. Don't you love Jesus? I just love that. What well, he said. He said. This sickness will not end in death for Lazarus. I tell you what, it might look like something has died, but it's not the end. It's not the end. We give up on things, but it's not the end that God has. He died in the natural, but Jesus already said it's not going to end in death. He'd already died. Jesus, hello, he had already died. Man, I mean... (laughs) need to think about that maybe situations in your life and you think never mind jesus it's dead Mm -mm. i don't care if it dies a thousand times it ain't dead in jesus he can raise it up make it live make it grow make it be whatever he wants it to be which is something good The situation goes from bad to worse, and Lazarus ends up dying. And by the time Jesus shows up at Mary and Martha's town, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Well, it's one thing he might have come within about a few minutes. Maybe Jesus could do something about four days. They were upset. John chapter 11, I'll read in verses 20 through 27. It says, and when Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Do you ever try to put yourself in their place and what they're thinking? We're thinking, well, hey, she should have known. Think about it. Think about it. Her brothers just died. She knew. And she had to believe him just like we do. That looked hard to her. Four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was approaching the village, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. I don't know if she was pouting, punishing Jesus. Not totally sure. But anyway, she was in the house. Martha went out take care of business. <laughs> Martha said to Jesus, my Lord, if only you had come sooner, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know that if you were to ask God for anything, he would do it for you. See that spark of faith up in there? I know he died, but I do know if you ask God. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise and live. But then she goes back to unbelief again. She says, well, yes, I know he will rise with everyone else on resurrection day. Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I I remember the first time I read those words. And it's like they just leaped off the page. We always think we have to wait, but God says to us, You don't have to wait until then. Believe now. Believe now. He wants to do things in the now. He says, I am the resurrection and I am life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then Martha replied, yes, Lord, I do. I've always believed that you are the anointed one, the son of God, who has come into the world for us. So Jesus just begins to tell her who he is. He shows up and Martha responds how most of us would. What did she do first? She looked at the past. She looks at what could have happened if you'd have been here. She looks back. What could have been? What should have happened? What she expected to happen? Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And then, you know, Jesus tells her, He'll rise again. And then what did she do? Then she looked to the future. Well, I know that one day He'll rise again. She believed in the resurrection. She knew that. In an instant, she goes from looking at the past to looking at the future. Someday her brother will live again. Someday things will get better. But she's avoiding the present. It's too painful, it's too hard. Maybe it looks too impossible to her. Maybe it's too hard to believe that the, her circumstances can change right now. You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know that? And you know the word salvation not only means, you know, to get saved, your sins forgiven, but deliverance, healing, wholeness today. Today. Now, today is the day of salvation. I, I like that. I'll I take my today. How about y'all? Go ahead and receive it today, today in an instant. Her faith for the future is admirable, but Jesus wants her to understand something. He wants her to get it. He isn't just God of the past or God of the future. He is the God of the present. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't just sympathize with her pain. He wants to do right now. What she can't seem to let herself imagine. And we tend to do the same thing. We wish that God would have done things differently in the past, or we hope he will someday fix things in the future. But often God wants to do something awesome and amazing and miraculous right now. You know how Andrew Wommack says, the Lord told him, don't limit me. Don't limit me. Believe me. Take the limits off. Because the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. He is God of our current circumstances. He knows what we're facing, and he knew what we'd be facing long before we ever faced it. So we can embrace this day and trust God in this moment, in every moment. We know that heaven is real and that God will one day make everything right again. And we know that faith, though, sometimes means just... Hanging in there. You just got to hang in there. But just because God will someday bring a final end to death and sin and pain doesn't mean that life has to stink right now. It doesn't mean it has to stink right now. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is essentially saying to Martha, I've got you covered. I'm here. I'm available. I have all the supply and the surplus that you could ever need. I am self-existent. I have no beginning and no end. I just am. Think about think about Jesus when he walked the earth, and he knew everybody's being so crummy to him, except for his disciples, and then they even let him down. But they're being crummy and mean and uh, crucifying. He knew he was going to the cross. But did he walk around in self-pity and head hung down and just sitting at home and just going, Oh, hurry up. No, he was about his father's business. And the Bible says he had joy above all others. You know why? Because he was trusting God in the moment. He was trusting him for every moment of every day. And he would go to the father and commune with the father and receive his sustenance and his strength from the father for the day he, One like he, Remember, he walked this earth as a man. He is God, but he laid aside that to walk it as a man, but received the same power that we receive when the Holy Spirit comes upon us because the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he received the same power that we have, and he was just showing us this crummy stuff that happens in this world, trials and tribulations, but this is how you walk it through. And this is how you can have joy and you can have peace in the midst of the turmoil and the storms. It's how you can trust God in every moment. When Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, he is reminding her that he is really all that she needs. In her grief and desperation, Jesus is the answer. In your grief and desperation, Jesus is the answer. His I am is more than enough for her I need. And it is for you and it is for me. After Jesus talks to Martha in John eleven, then Mary comes. They sent word to Mary that Jesus was here. And that and that he was asking for her. And so Mary comes to him and essentially says the same things to him that Martha did. And Jesus is clearly moved with compassion when talking to her and, and when he sees their pain. And John 11.35 says, everybody knows the scripture shortest one in the Bible, Jesus wept. He says he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's touched. That means he is sympathetic, empathetic to what we go through. He's not just up there going, oh, toughen that buttercup. He's not, it's not God. Even though God is infinite and timeless and perfect, he feels our pain. He knows what he is going to do to fix it. But he still weeps with us. And he mourns with us. And he suffers with us. You know, I ask everybody to remember this. He never intended that any of us would be sick or die. That's not how he created the garden for Adam and Eve to live in. They were to live forever in his presence, in a sinless, spotless atmosphere of health and well-being and prosperity and no dying and living forever and ever and ever in a perfect world. That's how he created it. And he even so didn't want it that way when we messed up. And I say we because if Adam didn't, we probably would have. One of us. Me probably. But he died to come and to fix it, to get it back. And it's not there yet, but I tell you what. Through him we walk in this world more than conquerors. We've gained a surpassing victory through him. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of his benefits, who heals each one of all of our diseases. I mean, he's given us everything we will ever need to walk this through until he comes and this is made perfect again. Our part is to draw on it. Bible says, with joy I will draw from the wells of salvation. We have a well in us, and we draw from it the things that God has put in. We draw. How? Get a spoon? No, by faith. Lord, thank you. I see in Psalm 103, this is what you say about me. I receive that. I thank you. That's mine. We draw from what he's done. So he is suffering with her. He cries and then he heads to the tomb. And he says to them, roll the stone away. Martha says, but Jesus, it's been four days. There oh, he goes. I mean, just think about this. I mean, sometimes you just kind of stop and think about, again, I probably would have said that. <laughs> oh, he's going to see You know, because she's just probably thinking, well, he's just going to drag his dead body out. I bet that's what she was thinking. If you thought he was coming out and going to hop right out of those grave clothes and hop on out, I mean, would you care if he stunk or not? Ah, oh, he's going to live. And she says, Jesus, it's been four days. His body is already decomposing. I think one translation says he stink us. You know? Martha seems to have trouble believing that what she really wants is actually happening. She seems to be afraid to hope, to trust, to believe. But the best part is Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead anyway. So you know, sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we have trouble trusting. But you know what? God moves anyway because He knows when we're stumbling around and believing and trusting and having faith, and then unbelief and doubt, and we're just we're doing it all, falling toward Him. And you know, He knows our hearts, and He knows we're trusting Him and doing what we can. And when it's all said and done, Lord, we trust You. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Anyway, we have a tendency to allow fear to short circuit what God wants to do. But I'm so thankful God can do it in spite of us. I'm so glad. He doesn't need our spirituality or our good works or even our permission to do it. He is God. He operates by grace. He just headed to the tomb to do it. What was in their hearts. He knows what's in your heart. Sometimes we are so painfully aware of our own limitations that we project those limitations onto God. But God is not limited. With God, all things are possible. He is the great I am. He is all we could ever want or need. He blesses us even when we don't deserve to be blessed. Our weaknesses don't slow him down. They only highlight his strength. We'll spend the rest of our lives being continually amazed by his grace and his goodness toward us. I just wonder what circumstances are you facing that need the life of God? What dreams and hopes have died or maybe become entombed? And you need Jesus to go to the tomb and roll away that stone, you know. We all have them. I encourage you, dear, to believe. Dare to believe. Dare to take the limits off of God. Even if it looks dead four days in the tomb, ain't no way. Trust God. Wow, he is more than able. Y'all, he rose. He, he was he, he raised from the dead. He is risen. He was dead, and he is risen. He lived. He appeared to them. It's, wow. Think about that. So, and then think about our stuff. And receive what he wants to do, not someday, but today. Jesus wants to roll the stone away. For Lazarus, he was the source of resurrection and life. And for you, God is your source, your sufficiency, your salvation. I love it. Joyce Meyer says he can heal you everywhere you hurt. And he can. And he can heal those that hurt, that you're praying for. Maybe you thought that God will not help you until you get all your ducks in a row or until you fix all of your faults or solve all your failures and weaknesses. But let me remind you that we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He can save you and yours all by Himself. He can help you even and especially if You don't deserve it or earn it or even predict it or prepare for it. He can do it. And he wants to do it, and he's willing. There's a verse that says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro across the earth looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. That's you. If you need him to show himself strong on your behalf, yes, Lord, he'll do it. He's not searching to then just say, oh, well, no, I don't, maybe next Friday. Today is the day of salvation. He is a today God. Do you think he would say, oh, somebody wants to get saved? Well, maybe tomorrow. So why would he say if someone needs delivery or healing, why would he say, oh, well, tomorrow? No, today. He is a today God. He is a now God. God. And you know what? He is a here for you, God. Amen. Father, we just thank you. And we just tell you afresh that we trust you in every moment of our lives. And that, Father, we're not going to allow the enemy to cause us to look back or to look forward. But we're just going to, in this moment, thank you for who you are and what you're doing And our eyes are just going to stay on you. Turn our eyes on Jesus. I tell you, that's the answer. Off the stuff, off the circumstances, off of what's going on. But turn our eyes onto you and the word and what you say and just stir up our faith. Stir up that which you've put in us, Lord. Agree with you and just thank you. When the enemy tries to whisper lies, we're going to say, oh no, this is what God says and that's what I agree with. Oh no, they're not. No, they're not. Nope, that's not what they're going to do. Nope. God's plans for them are good, and that's the plans that will be established for them. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for renewed faith tonight, renewed hope. I thank you for hearts that see that tomb rolled away and you calling whatever needs to be called out to come alive again to come into healing, to come into deliverance, maybe to come into salvation, but to come alive in God. Father, I thank you that you are doing it, even today. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, I'll pray for you.